1: Tomorrow's headline is expected to read that President Biden will announce a plan to forgive up to $10,000 in student loan debt, as well as continue a pause on those payments for others. And while it will be very predictable and expected that the Republicans will line up in the midterm election cycle and automatically line up against the president and this forgiving of student loans, the question in the headline, I think, is many will say, well, those on the left will all buy in and be on board. And if that's what you're thinking, it's time to think again. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Well, we're looking at what we expect to come out tomorrow from President Biden relating to student loan forgiveness and a pause on those payments. And it's easy to go to the, the trivial and the talking points of the left and the right. Uh, but we love to talk to those people who are thinking different. Uh, and thinking a little bit deeper. And we're really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Ben Ritz, who's the director of the Progressive Policy Institute's Center for Funding America's Future. And uh, Ben, thanks for joining us. And I uh, loved your piece in The Hill, talking about some of the reasons why some of those on the left should not be so excited about what the president is expected to do tomorrow.
0: Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. So I think the the main reason why many of us on the left are not particularly thrilled about this move, is that it's not particularly progressive. Um, Eighty-seven percent of Americans don't have student loan debt, um, and they'll be paying through the costs, whether it's through higher inflation or future higher taxes and spending cuts down the line to pay for this policy. uh, They'll be the ones bearing the cost. So people who didn't get the income and job benefits of a college education will be left with the bill giving benefits to those who do. So I think that's the that's the core issue. And and you said in in the Hill, I had a piece with six reasons why uh, President Biden shouldn't go through with this. Um, I'm happy to talk more about the others as well.
1: And let's continue down that uh, down that path. Uh, And again, I think these are things that are less left and right. But it's always interesting to, to dig in a little deeper and say, okay. you know, this sounds good. It's a good bumper sticker. It's uh, it's a good campaign kind of strategy in terms of messaging. Uh, but once you get past the headline, uh, it gets a little more complicated. Uh, the second thing that you pointed out in your article uh, was really about who benefits uh, from this and who pays for this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the big beneficiaries are people who uh, went to college and and borrowed for it and now uh, most of them get the benefits of uh, – they get the benefits of their degree uh, that's going to lead to higher incomes, and they get this support from the federal government, which will be paid for by workers who uh, don't have those benefits. So uh, if, you, if you look at you know, the distribution of who's going to benefit from this, even with uh, the income cap that, that President Biden's reportedly going to include, you're um, going to cut off the, the, the uh, cancellation for people who earn – more, uh, who earn more than $125,000 a year, there are many people, like uh, recent graduates from law or medical school, who have large outstanding debt, uh, who may have not made particularly large amounts of money this year, but who are going to have high lifetime incomes and who won't have any trouble paying off their debts. Uh, and again, that's going to be paid for by people who don't have those same opportunities.
1: Yeah. And let's talk for a minute about uh, one of the other things that you pointed out, and that is how this actually would undermine what the president has gotten through legislatively in the Inflation Reduction Act.
0: Yeah, so the Inflation Reduction Act was one of the – it was the biggest uh, deficit reduction bill to pass through Congress uh, in in over a decade since the Obama administration. Um, Huge accomplishment. And one of the reasons it's called the Inflation Reduction Act is because it would reduce the federal budget deficit by hundreds of billions of dollars, um, about – $300 $300 billion was the original estimate, and they made some changes. But it'll probably be around in that range when, when the final score of it comes out. And and so that money was going to go to reduce the federal deficit. That's less money pumped into the economy to uh, spur demand, lead to higher inflation. Uh, and so it, it really had the potential to at least modestly help fight inflation. And what this move would do is it would basically spend all of that money, uh, all of those savings – on canceling student loan debt. And so uh, it it really kind of undermines what was supposed to be one of the core benefits of the Inflation Reduction Act.
1: Yeah, I want to dig into uh, one point that really caught my attention. It's one that I've been talking about for a long time and I think you've captured really well, and that is that this student debt cancellation actually serves as a distraction. It sort of keeps us at a safe distance from having a really important conversation uh, about affordability, about outcomes, about uh, what college is actually delivering in terms of results.
0: Yeah, I think if you look at when, so the president has always had the ability to do uh, targeted debt cancellation and has used that to great effect um, on on areas where you know people have been defrauded, their borrowers have been defrauded, uh, or or their their. They have debts that they're not going to be able to pay off because they're in one of those particular circumstances. And the point is that when we are canceling that debt, these are institutions that are generally not then continuing to get support. Uh, If you do mass debt cancellation and then uh, don't do anything to change the underlying problem, all it really does is it incentivizes borrowers and students to go borrow more money for Education thinking that it might get canceled in the future. And that also gives free reign to universities to raise tuition. And so the the more that we do this kind of cancellation without addressing the underlying problem, the worse it's going to get.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one. uh, I'm going to have you back on another day to have a deeper dive into that part of the conversation, because I think that impacts everybody left, right and center. Uh, in terms of having a different kind of conversation about education. Uh, One of the other things that you pointed out that I thought was uh, really astute was this the precedent of doing this kind of thing by executive order as opposed to things that need to go through Congress.
0: Yeah, I think that when President Biden was running, he said that if he was sent a bill that would uh, cancel $10,000 of student loan debt, he would sign it. And, you know, whatever you think of the policy, it's not, it's not something that I would personally support, but uh, I understood where that was coming from. But, when, but what would be happening here is the president would be taking authority that was given to uh, the administration in administering the student loan program. Uh, it was supposed to be discretion to cancel debt for certain distressed classes of borrowers. Again, so I'm some of the people that President Biden has already canceled that for people who have been defrauded, they're permanently disabled. Um, through public service loan forgiveness programs. Uh, That discretion would be, uh, it was never really intended for this kind of mass debt cancellation. Congress never thought that the president would just say, oh, everybody gets $10,000 or almost everybody gets Uh, $10,000. That's president unilaterally spending uh, hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money without explicit consent from Congress. And I think that sets a dangerous precedent, especially since you know, there's still going to be over a trillion dollars of outstanding student loans. I don't think anybody intended for this to be uh, a, a trillion dollar uh, on, you know, a trillion dollar uh, grant that was never paid back for college graduates when it was originally created.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, I think that's such a, an important point in terms of this, in terms of what is done by executive order. And uh, one of the other things I, I love that you, you came to uh, Ben is, is what do we do? What is the better way? Uh, to do this, it's, it's easy to to say what's wrong, what's broken with something. Uh, but I love that you uh, spent some time in your piece to actually get into okay, what are the best ways to help those that are struggling uh, and that actually do need some help? What's what's the right path? what do, What are you looking for as we move into the future?
0: So I think there are three things. The first is measures to get the underlying cost of college under control, whether that's trying to move to uh, three year degree programs or uh, having more measures of accountability for universities and how they raise, how they raise tuition and what they spend on. Uh, I think there's, there's tons of ideas out there to control the underlying cost, and that's by far the most important thing. Um, second is to expand income-driven repayment programs, unlike the, the executive order, which would just say, you know, if you're making $125,000 now, you get this flat forgiveness. And as I said, that creates problems because people's incomes fluctuate over their lifetime. What income-based repayment says is uh, if you make payments equal to a certain percentage of your income over a certain number of years, then at the end of that period, your outstanding balance is forgiven. And that makes sure that debt isn't uh, a, you know, a, a, an overbearing burden on people who go to college but don't get the income benefits of that degree throughout their career. Right now, we have a bunch of income-based repayment programs, but they're they're complicated. It's difficult to apply for. There's, there's many different overlapping income-based repayment programs, and so eligibility is not always clear. I think there's a lot of work we can do to expand and reform those programs that would be a lot more productive and a lot more progressive. And then finally, President Biden still has the authority to do targeted debt relief like he has done before this point. He's done $32 billion of targeted relief for defrauded and disabled borrowers, he could continue to do that sort of uh, targeted policy that would, in my opinion, make a lot more sense than this this blanket debt forgiveness that's supposedly going to be announced tomorrow.
1: Uh, great insight. Uh, ben Ritz is the director of the Progressive Policy Institute Center for Funding America's Future. Ben, uh, great piece. Uh, we'll put that up on our social channels today, and appreciate you joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. So some important things to think through there. Uh, Again, it's so easy to think, oh, well, everybody on the left is going to love this. Uh, And I think Ben has that great ability, equal opportunity offender. We always try to do that on the show. And so interesting to see someone from the Progressive Policy Institute uh, talking about this is really not a good idea. It's actually not progressive. Uh, Which I thought was really interesting for him to go at it that way. But the things that he talked about are things that I think make sense to everybody, left, right and center, in terms of what the president is likely to announce tomorrow. Again, the headline will be the forgiveness portion. But beyond the headline is what we've got to think about in terms of who is it helping, who's paying for that. Is it preventing us from dealing with the real issue of affordability and outcomes in terms of college? Are there better ways to get at this besides an executive order? A lot to think about. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds.